Smartcast. I think the goal of every business owner should always be to be in the seat where the only thing you're focused on is making the best decisions possible for the success of the business. And as soon as you can extricate yourself from, as I call it, Chivo, the chief everything officer role, you can do better for yourself. That balance of business ownership freedom comes in where you have time to pursue your own personal endeavors and hobbies. Welcome to Think Business with Tyler, sharing our methods and strategies for success. Join in on our conversations with business owners as we highlight their triumphs and detail how they overcame the challenges they faced while continuing to grow and scale their business. It's time to think life, think success, and think business with your host, Tyler Martin. Welcome to Think Business with Tyler, the podcast that gives entrepreneurs and business owners real insights to elevate your game. Today, I've got the incredible Jeff G. Nakavo with me, a man who turned personal trials into leadership triumphs. Listen in as Jeff shares his unique perspective on empathetic leadership, why being a consultant in your own business could be your key to freedom, and the inspiring way his mattress company is making a buzz with a wake-up happy promise. Plus, we're diving into his patriotic clothing line and how integrity shapes his approach to success. This is an episode packed with actionable wisdom you won't want to miss. Get ready to rethink business and leadership. All right, let's jump in. Hey, Jeff, welcome to the Think Business with Tyler podcast show. How's it going today? Going well. Thank you for having me on the show. Appreciate you, Tyler. Yeah, appreciate you too. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, so I'd love for to start out. Can you tell me what you do professionally? And then maybe something about yourself personally too. Yeah, I mean, for me... I guess I'm the consultant in my own businesses, right? I have a few that I have interest in and ownership in, and I help others, you know, really get into that consultancy seat within their own business so business can pay them and work for them. It's really the, I think, the ultimate position to be in short of selling your business, taking on a big equity partner and cashing out. I think so many business owners try to get to that point and it's, and it's, it's a large journey to sell a business. But there's a lot of businesses that for a number of reasons don't get there. But if there's focus on being in that investor seat, that consultancy seat, as I like to say, it can be very rewarding from a time, business ownership, freedom standpoint, financial standpoint. So I sit in my own consultancy seat in the businesses I have. Very cool. When you say consultancy, like what does that, like give me some you know, I'm sure there's people out there going, well, how can I be a consultant in my own business? What are some steps or what are some things that allow you to feel like you're at that point? Well, think about it in in these terms, right? If you have a board of investors or investors in your business, they're not there turning on the open sign. They're not answering emails first thing in the morning. They're not returning the phone calls. They're not going on the emergency calls in the evening if you're that kind of a service-based business or whatever. Investors and businesses check in on a business once a month, once a week, once a quarter, right? They make high level decisions. I think the goal of every business owner should always be to be in the seat where the only thing you're focused on is making the best decisions possible for the success of the business. And as soon as you can extricate yourself from, as I call it, Chivo, the chief everything officer role, (laughs) you can do better for yourself. That balance of business ownership freedom comes in where you have time to pursue your own personal endeavors and hobbies. You're able to to earn earn a paycheck and whatever structure that might be in. I use paycheck as a loose definition. Uh, And the business generates a profit because at the end of the year, that's what you want to have is a profit generating business for yourself. 
Yeah. So you have several businesses like mm-hmm. this consultancy mindset. Does it start from day one with each business or do you get to a point where you've developed and now you're like more in a an advisor role and almost say like a consultancy role? How does that look for yeah. each one of your businesses? Yeah. I mean, listen, no business is born into adulthood right away. Okay. (laughs) There's, there's the infancy steps. Well, there's the conception steps. There's the infancy steps, the birthing steps, uh, the toddler steps, the, you know, preschool, kindergarten, grade school ages. And then there's the graduation to adulthood age. Right. And it's not all K through 12 years per se in that analogy, but it is similar steps. Right. And sure, there are times where you're doing everything, you know, like my clothing, Saturn 57 brand, you know, that is something that I'm happy to admit, I vastly underestimated the landscape of what it would take to succeed on a paid advertising model. But that business, I was doing everything on my own at first. And then I brought in somebody to help me with the digital marketing, the website aspect of things, the digital presence aspect. But yeah, I was doing everything at the beginning of that to include going to shows, weekend shows, you know, hawking the merchandise, standing on my feet for three days in a row. Those things need to happen and they're good to happen. It's good for you to understand that. But if you're going to have a business long-term, you can't, you can't trade in the weekends of your life forever, right? It's not fair to those you love. It's not fair to yourself. You need to create a business model in which you're able to extricate yourself from that manual labor work and still have a profit and pay you along the way. Right. Okay. Good stuff. So where I'd like to kind of start in terms of your journey. Mm -hmm. So part of your journey includes really develop developing leadership skills. In fact, you've written a book on it, uh, which has some really cool stuff in it. But before I get there, how do, would you say you have, you've also faced some traumas uh, mm-hmm. throughout your life? How did the traumas you think play in to your thought process around building businesses and having strong leadership skills? How did those intertwine? Did, did those define those in any way, your traumas that you faced? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, I know we have a short time together. You can read about it all in the book. And thank you, Tyler, for sharing that in the notes of the episode today. But, you know, for me as a survivor of childhood sexual abuse, I had to mold into a leader. I wouldn't, because I couldn't let anybody else in. I couldn't rely on anybody else. It's such a damaging form of abuse. And I don't say it in that way to measure my past against anybody else. If you have something that's framed you in a, in a negative way in your life, I'm here to support that and and let you know that I, as an example, sharing this with you today can show you that success is on the other side if you want it to be. Uh, Of course, everybody's on their own journey to that success, but it is possible. And I'm here with you today standing as proof of that. So I had to be a leader, but it was messy growing into that leader. There's been times where I haven't been the best leader at all. I talk about that in the book. I talk about poor examples of leadership, but really the last handful of years, it's come to the understanding that empathy and concern and the success for those around you and and understanding that the people you lead, they don't come into your day together inherently looking to upset the apple cart. They've got their own clash. They've got their own issues. And as a leader, we got to understand that we get the lion's share of people's waking time. So if we can't be empathetic to that, yes, we have a business to run. Yes, we need to make a profit. Yes, we need to get the reward as the owner. But we can do all of that and still have an eye for impact and creating space for others around us to succeed. 
and we can have amazing humans and level up the human capital we have around us. Yeah, I've been saying as of late, if you just want robots, you're in a real good time in business right now in 2023 to have robots because AI is coming everywhere. It's at our fingertips and apps in our phones, and it's going to multiply more and more year over year. But if you want humans, it's time to create that space for impact with them. So when we say empathy, are we talking about, you know, with people on your team, like, you know, if someone broke up with their girlfriend or boyfriend, you're like lending them an ear. Is it on that level or is it more just like understanding where they're coming from? Like, where does that empathy play in, in terms of a leader? Yeah. I mean, I think in the example you just gave, sure. And then I think it's also, you know, if, if there's a, in that example, if there's a breakup, well, likely there's going to need to be a move. Maybe it's the person staying in the house and the ex is coming to move their stuff out. Well, how are you going to handle? Are you going to are you going to not let that person be at home to watch over their things? You know, you hear these horror stories. The ex came and took all the furniture, right? Like those things happen. Or they took the photo album that I cherish. They took my dog, and it was agreed that I was keeping the dog. You know, in in the grand scheme of things, that three hours, four hours a day. In a year's time, how much does that really truly harm the business? Seriously. Right. In that example, you know, an example that I had, if I may share. Please. So we had a gentleman working in the retail business that I co-own. He loved pets, dogs, was big in the community services world. So he was like a 911 guy, uh, one of those dispatchers on the other line of a 911 call. The mounted police and canine police unit was near and dear to his heart because they worked all by donation. The only thing the city paid for was the man hours. Everything else was by donation. Anything related to the animals, donation only. So he started a Santa Stumble pub crawl to fund that. Uh, over the years raised, I believe the number now sits at over 300 grand wow. over the years. Well, we allowed him and said, yes, sell tickets, have people come into our store. Sure. If you need to pound out some time on the keyboard, building that website, processing orders, handing out tickets, use our ink. Fine. We're happy to support that because it's our community too. Right. You know, we don't have the time to take that lead, but we're proud that you are and we're going to support that. And, you know, uh, that gentleman has since passed away from cancer. But, um, man, I was proud to see that grow and just know that quietly on the sidelines, our business allowed. Uh, Pete to to grow that thing and not have to work for us eight hours a day and then go home and battle away for a few hours you know after dinner right you know it was just it was just something pretty special for us to be a part of yeah that's the kind of empathetic leadership that I'm talking about yeah that's a pretty cool story you know the pushback I could see someone potentially giving is saying hey yeah but what am I gonna do when Let's use the broken breaking up with a boyfriend or girlfriend. You know, this week it's breaking up with a girlfriend. Next week it's, uh, you know, don't have enough pay the money to pay my bills. Next week it's, you know, and it's like kind of that chronic, you're getting involved in these chronic personal issues of an individual. Yeah. How do you deal with drawing that line? Or does that, has that happened to you before where you've, you know, said, hey, this is kind of going a little too far? I think, I think it all comes down to who you are as a leader. I mean, first of all, I don't think any leader truly has, if they're honest with themselves and those around you. I think every leader's had financial issues at time to time. 
I think every leader's had personal issues at time to time. Just because you're in that position of leadership and able to create your own hours and dismiss yourself from a meeting, I don't think that gives you the right to specifically be that hammer down upon everybody else. Now, again, yes, we have to have structure. We have to have a a semblance of dependability because we have clients to serve. We have customer orders to process. All of that needs to happen. But I think it all starts and stops with who we are as leaders. How are we leveling up those humans? If If you have people that have chronic relationship issues, I would gather you've got a pretty rough and toxic work environment. Because that's that's being fostered from somewhere. People don't inherently want drama. They just don't want it. And if they're in a place where they're getting that 40 to 50, 60 hours of their work week, it's likely going to manifest elsewhere. If we can cleanse that, the time again, we're getting that lion's share of time. So how we lead, the type of business we lead, the types of customers we attract, the rules that we have around process and procedure and how we treat people. If you don't think as a leader that that trickles into and down to your people, you're, you're mistaken. Mm. You know, one of the core values in our retail store is say what we do and do what we say. Integrity means everything. And, you know, we have done some absurd things by industry standards because it's been the integrous thing to do. And it's been just the right thing to do to end a relationship with a customer because we're on the high road even though the customer doesn't deserve that. We just do it. That's cool. Wow. I want to shift gears because I still want to kind of hear about your life story here. At 16, you sold a business and that just like Mm -hmm. jumped out at me. Can you talk about that a little bit? I mean, 16 is pretty early age to do something like that. It's a cool story. You know, look, a few years prior as a teenager, cutting grass, detailing cars in the neighborhood. I was also working as a dishwasher at a local diner. I was a hustler as a kid. I wanted a car. I wanted that freedom. I wanted my own freedom to escape some of the stuff that I was still carrying with me at that point in time. And so getting that car was a big deal. And yeah, I sold off the the grass cutting to some neighborhood friends and we lived in a three-phase development. So I had the idea to sell it off in phases. You get this section, this section, and this section. And then uh, I even had it where I was getting um, 10% of the intake and uh, on top of a fee that I charged up front. And that all worked well until their parents just didn't understand business. And I, of course, didn't have anything written out. It was all meant, it was all just a handshake thing. So it ended fairly quickly, but I had enough money to go buy my 1981 Camaro. And uh, now all these years later, I'm looking at buying a classic one. The thing that frustrates me is I bought a pretty nice one for 1500 bucks back in 1995, I think it was, and uh, or 96. And now they're like, put a zero behind it for something that's pretty rusted out. If you want something cherry, you're in the 25, 30 grand range, which, you know, is a five times multiple of what those cars were new. That's crazy. But uh, such as it is, we'll get one. Do you envision yourself restoring one or are you going to buy one that's cherry? I'll buy one that's cherry. I don't, that's not something I enjoy tinkering on cars. I do have a a little bit of mechanic, mechanical background in my, in my time, but I don't have the patience. I, you know, the free time I want is on the road, windows down, music on not busting my knuckles, wrenching on something. Got it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. I get it. Yeah. Hey, so I want to talk about some of your businesses and just, I really loved as researching about you, just some of your angles on things. And so one of Mm -hmm. your businesses is a mattress mattress, uh, store, so you sell mattresses. What I loved is two things really jumped out at me. One is you had an angle 
around a mattress specifically for Airbnbs, which I thought was genius. So I'd love mm-hmm. to talk about that a little bit. It's like you found a market yeah. for mattresses. And then the other one is just this whole concept of uh, a guarantee of waking up happy mm-hmm. as it relates to your product. So could you kind of talk about those? I think they're good educational angles that you took. Yeah. I mean, our purpose at in the, in the business I call owns Gardner's Mattress and More with my great business partner, Ben McClure, yeah, our purpose there is really to help people wake up happy, impact their life, right? Like we want our customers to leave the home happy, not in an argument. Because what if there's a car accident on the way to work? What a terrible way to leave a relationship, leave your family. We want people to wake up happy, productive, so they can be the best in their workplace. So those relationship issues don't happen that we already alluded to, right? Or talked about. We want people to be productive so they can get that promotion, run their business, to an extremely high level. We want kids to sleep well because we're raising kids now with insomnia. So that's our purpose really is to help people wake up happy, be more productive. We've just really worked every day to deliver a five-star experience around that purchase. And uh, that's our core focus. It's a letdown to us when we get anything less than a five-star review. It's something I really take personally. Even people that give us four-star reviews, I always call them personally and say, hey, I just wanted to know what we could have done to get that other star. And they're they're those hardcore types. Well, (laughs) perfection just doesn't exist, so I don't give five stars. Okay, fair enough. But I'm glad we did everything we could for you. And and, and it's a business that a lot of folks focus on it as a commodity because we don't value sleep as, as a society. So we try to change that with education. We wrote a little book called Sleep Better that gives our customers the opportunity to understand what sleep routines are, sleep habits, sleep hygiene, sleep tips. And that's part of our marketing plan. And it's part of our purpose, again, like you said, to help people wake up happy. That's what we're here to do and here to serve. I love that. I mean, it sounds like you guys just really live and breathe. I mean, the fact that you're calling up four-star reviews, you're mm-hmm. you're like living and breathing. I mean, this isn't talk. You know, a lot of times people put these little fancy slogans and stuff, but the fiber of what the company's all about doesn't yeah. really emulate that. I can just feel it like it's it's embedded in what you guys want to do and accomplish. So people, you can, if you're listening to this, go check out Gardner's Mattress and More, not because I want to sell you something. This is appropriate to the lesson. Yeah. Gardner's Mattress and More on our Google reviews, look at lowest, you'll see a one-star review. And the customer says, "Good pro." I think it was something like, good products, delivered on time, took my money, never heard from them again. Something to that effect. And you're like, well, that person must be a little different to give a one-star review when they shared those words. Until you understand that we have a seven-step wake-up happy promise. And these are the steps that we've identified to make sure we help you wake up happy. Step seven is we'll call you to make sure you are happy. So my sales manager calls every customer anywhere from 10 days to maybe three weeks after the product is delivered. Uh, just kind of depends on how it gets closed out in our system and the, the the CRM manages that and tasks him to make the phone call. Well, wouldn't you know it, this one contact record, inexplicably, we were never able to figure it out, didn't port over in the task list. Mm. And we just missed it. Right. Simple. Right. We missed it. And sure enough, that's why they were disappointed. They came to us because they saw that as a very integral part of the way we do business. So we did good. They loved their mattress. They loved the experience. They were massively let down that we didn't call them when that was the one main driver because they were disappointed with others, other buying experiences. And so 
our lesson now is we run a report from our point of sale system, which ports over to our CRM system. We now run a report against the two to make sure that all the calls have been done. Because the, the point of sale system for sure always spits out who gave us money. So we can always check it against the CRM to make sure that a record just didn't accidentally drop. If you're a business owner feeling stuck in your business, overwhelmed, responsible for everything that happens and working long hours, Tyler helps his clients develop processes, hire high-performing team members, and better understand their financial metrics and numbers to allow for a more predictable, less hands-on business. To schedule a free, no-pressure consultation, head to thinktyler.com and click the meeting button. Tyler would love to see if he can help you work on your business, not in your business. Schedule a consultation today at thinktyler.com. Think life, think success, think business. We now run a report against the two to make sure that all the calls have been done. Because the, the point of sale system for sure always spits out who gave us money. So we can always check it against the CRM to make sure that a record just didn't accidentally drop. Were you able to do something? I mean, four star seems like a pretty heavy weighting, a four star loss, a pretty heavy weighting for not making the call, especially since most people usually they like a call if they have something negative to say. If if they're mm-hmm. happy, they almost don't want to be disturbed. Yeah, a great amount of people, you know, we actually don't have that conversation with, but we leave a message. Right. And then we send them an email to say, hey, just left you a message, nothing wrong, wanted to say thank you, wanted to check in, and and that's that. And then we move on. Like, we've done our part, right? We can't make you pick up the phone. But uh, we're actually toying now with some texting in that message as well, because we're just so more connected through text than we are phone, it seems. But uh, either way, the point is, we're not just going to one night stand you. Right. Right. As a mattress guy, I got all the good puns. I get to say, I do business in your bedroom and I don't one night stand you. But uh, we don't one night stand our customers. And our goal over and above a five-star experience, over and above helping you wake up happy is to make that purchase the very best purchase you make for your home. Who's your market? Are you the one with all these uh, creative slogans and the seven step and the make sure you wake up happy? Is Are you the one coming up with these uh, these marketing are, yeah. slogans? That's mm-hmm. pretty good stuff. And the, yep. the catchy. What about the Airbnb? I love your, your angle of, yeah. I mean, what is an Airbnb mattress, by the way? It just sounds cool. So, you know, again, we sleep a third of our lives on average. Even when you're at an Airbnb on a great vacation, you're still sleeping, maybe not eight hours, maybe you're packing in a day and you're getting five or six hours, but still sleep's important. You want to be comfortable in that Airbnb. People spend a million bucks on a location as a host between property and build out and and running it on the platform. There's a whole business behind Airbnbs. And so I realized that there's a lot of options that hosts have but they don't consider the guest experience. And so we just designed a mattress that's two-sided, a firm experience on one side and a plush experience on another. And this way, hosts that are really into their business, and these are hosts that are going to have typically a three, maybe four-night minimum stay, because what I'll say next will make sense to that. You, They can then reach out to the guests and say, hey, Tyler, thanks for booking our place at you know 123 Shangri-La Lane. Uh, in Utopia, USA, we want to we want to just make this a really incredible experience. Do you enjoy a firmer sleeping surface or a, or a plusher sleeping surface? Because we can flip the mattress for you and have it prepared when you get to our home. Now that's experiential, right? And that's a connective way to immediately continue the excitement, 
you know, when somebody books a vacation, they're up here and then it dwindles, right? But that reach out is going to carry that excitement all the way through to the day of arrival, right? And maybe, maybe they get stuck in traffic. Maybe they blow out a tire driving there, flights delayed a day, whatever. They've got that one unique touch point that can help reinforce this experience. And they know their sleep experience is waiting for them. They got delayed. They missed day one. They just want to go to sleep, recoup for day two. They know that experience is there. And, you know, the hosts that are, that are running our products, they report some incredible reviews, very happy guests, repeat bookings. It's the kind of thing we can ship in a box right to a door anywhere in the USA. Yeah. And I, I, you know, you just kind of said it with the reviews. It almost sets the table too, that if someone does have a good night's sleep, it kind of sets the table towards the mattress and just the facility trying to give uh, the guest a good experience. So that Mm -hmm. has a really deep emotional connection if it plays out that way. And it sounds like it does because they get a lot of reviews and retention, it sounds like from repeat guests. So that's Really cool idea, really novel idea. So I love that. I want to switch gears over to your clothes, clothing line. Can you share a little bit about what's that all about? And then I know notice you also have some beliefs and you've tied it into some things. I'd love to hear the story behind that. Yeah, thank you for asking. So Signer 57, I was on the go today. We recorded this. I normally will wear a shirt of one of my companies. I, I didn't today. Shame on me. <laughs> So Signer 57 is the brand name. And, you know, I'm a four-year citizen of the United States. I was born in Canada, moved here when I was 10. Uh, something I also write about in my book, but um, became a citizen in September of 2019. I very much believe in our constitution. I've studied tremendously the time leading up to the Revolutionary War, the 56 signers of our Declaration of Independence, and then really the battle that ensued between 1776 and 1789 to get us our constitution. And, you know, it's, it's signer 57 is about picking up on that sacrifice from the 56 signers of the declaration to carrying forward our constitution. And, you know, I built that in the last few years and I just feel, I feel as though as a society, we're losing some of those ideals of what our constitution stands for. And, I created the brand to speak to that. It's not, it's a, yeah, it's rooted in patriotism and freedom and liberty. It's not a gun shirt. It's not a flag shirt per se. It's a message shirt. And that's, that's been an underestimation is, you know, it's not tapping into that visceral emotion of things like a two A gun shirt might be, even though I'm a gun guy, I like to hunt. I like to target shoot. I have firearms, but um, it's just not that kind of a brand. It's, it's about an idea and it's about a furtherance of an idea for your neighbor to always have the freedom and liberty that they are entitled to, given to them in our nation. Very cool. Very cool. Is that a mature brand or is that in its early stages? Where are you at in that venture? Man, that's a brand that's a toddler keeps falling down, not getting up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not afraid. Look, not everything I do is a success. I mean, you know, it just isn't. I don't stand here as somebody that's hit a thousand with a batting average, right? I mean, your Hall of Famers strike out seven out of 10 times and they're on the Hall of Fame. I know. So as a business owner, don't beat yourself up. That's the lesson. Signer 57 is one of those things that's kind of on the back burner right now. You know, I, I was able to discover along the way, not in advance, otherwise I probably wouldn't have done it, or I would have just kept it to something myself on a much smaller scale and sent it out to friends and family, because that's been the bulk of orders to date. 
you know, it's about a hundred grand to $150,000 a month in paid advertising to penetrate this market. The other thing that's a real problem where these companies take off is with viral moments. So if, if you paid attention musically a few months ago to Oliver Anthony's song, Rich Men North of Richmond, a lot of my Signer 57 com- competitors immediately jumped on his song and that f- that song title, which he owns by copyright law, and just started printing off shirts. Highly illegal. Right. For me, it just it's not it's, I'm I'm just never going to consider something like that. And that's something else I've learned along the way is when you're starting out in an endeavor, make sure you know the rule book, whether it's to the letter of the law or there's some deference of integrity that can slide in. Oh, we can print this up. He didn't go and copyright it. We can but well that doesn't mean it's not his. Eventually he'll catch up to you and he is now. But they see they they keep some of these companies keep catching that viral wave and they keep being able to churn that hundred grand in ad spend, that hundred fifty grand in ad spend, and they find a new level, they find a new level. And hey, listen, I don't begrudge that success. It's just not the type of success I'm willing to go in for from a point of integrity. And that's and you know, people could say listening to this, well, you're just never going to be successful with that company. To that I say, okay. I'd rather hit a viral moment with a design that connects to a moment in time that's all mine. Yeah. That's my idea that resonates with people and that means something that isn't just an emotional response. Right. That's what I'd rather see Center 57 go and if it never happens it never happens. But I'm not going to I'm not going to forsake my integrity to to make a buck. I can make bucks elsewhere. Very easy. Yeah, that makes sense. I would also argue, you know, it's kind of like a little bit of ambulance chasing what they're doing. And hey, more power to them. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, more power to them if it works. But I would argue the way you're trying to position it probably has more legs to it too. It probably would, I would think, last a little longer just because it's a little yeah. more organic in the way people connect to it. So cool stuff. Yeah, and I mean, listen, there's there's value built within it. A lot of brands are very much an infancy state and they reside, you know, on other people's what's the saying? You don't build a house on the foundation of sand, right? So if you're if your brand is only on Etsy and Etsy just decides one day to wake up and say no more of that kind of thing, you're out of business. You know, I'm on Shopify, I'm on my own website, I'm in those, I'm in those channels. If one channel goes away, I'm not hurt. There's value in what I've built and in really where I'm focusing now is some networking and seeing can I just sell that off? Because I've built it. There's there's a lot there. And it's just, I think maybe it just gets sold to somebody that can put more energy into it. And you know, what they decide to do with it would be on them. But that's where that's going at the moment. Yeah, it makes sense. Hey, I want to spend a few few minutes before we wrap up yep. your book, The Space for Leadership. Mm-hmm. You know, what were you trying to accomplish when you wrote that? Is there any big takeaway from the book that that you could share just in terms of something that really was personal to you or an inspiration to you that you could share? Yeah. I mean, I shared my past here on the show. Yeah. When I sign books, I have on my site, you can buy a signed copy. When I sign it, I don't know you. I just put a little message there. You know, I struggle turned into superpower, superpower turned into, into purpose. And for me, my superpower, and we might be going a little deep here as the clock runs out, is I believe what happened to me was meant for me, and in this way, to stand in the gap, 
to talk about my past, talk about my abuse in the way that I do as openly as I do, to memorialize it in a book that's on Amazon for the world to see, not sit on the periphery, not be only talked about in closed door rooms with therapists, not that that's bad, you know, not to only be talked about in whispers to close friends and family you confide in, but very publicly on a forum like this as a man and to say this happened. I believe it happened to me. My faith says, because I've got the strong shoulders to carry it, to talk about it. I, I just saw this morning on Facebook, a friend of mine in my network, uh, their son committed suicide at 27. Oh. And you would just think looking at this family, it just wouldn't be, but it is. And I don't know any more details than that, but it doesn't matter what the weight was getting to that point of ending his life. I know that the world has hurt. I know that the world needs healing, and I'm here to stand in that gap, and hopefully on my shoulders, somebody can get it. That's what I cover in the book. And I think as leaders, we have a profound opportunity to help those we lead with that message. That's what I mean by empathetic leadership. That's the full circle back to that breakup, because how does that frame the next relationship? How does anything that happens to the people you lead how does it carry forward? What gap can you fill in your time together? That's what I talk about in the book. Good stuff. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I really appreciate it. I love You're your, your perspective. It's just amazing. Hey, one question I'd like to end with, and this is just a light one. Yep. Is there a book or a show or a podcast, something you're listening to, or maybe you've even listened to in the past we could, and you've enjoyed that you could share with us? Maybe we can enjoy too. Yeah. So I was on and had him on my show and I was on his show, Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. Really great show, great energetic interview style, working with, you know, the outliers, the real successful folks of the world, doing things a little differently. He actually just had Michael Gerber, uh, author of the E-Myth on the show, I saw. He just posted that on social. So he put it on social. I don't know when it's coming out, but he shared it on social, so I'm not sharing his news. I'm passing along his news. <laughs> so I like that show for that. It's a pretty cool show, real high energy. Now I have to check that out. Michael Gerber, I mean, he's the father of uh, mm-hmm. this whole like consultancy concept or letting your business do do the heavy lifting and you do more of the, the running it rather than being in the weeds of it. So that's good stuff. I love that. I'll definitely check it out. And then you're, I'll put this in the show notes. Your link the guests can go to thejeffg.com. So there's two links I've got here. One is thejeffg.com. It's your main website. And then guys, if you add a slash to that, thejeffg.com at a slash and put book, you can check out his book, The Space for Leadership. And great book. Uh, I got a copy. In fact, I got to write a review on it. Um, I, oh, got it I got it off Amazon. So yeah, if, if you guys can check it out. And I guess in in, in wrap up here, Jeff, is what I'll say is I just appreciate your candor. Oh, thank you. I feel like there are multiple lessons that we got in terms of different concepts of how to, uh, I guess I'd say marketing as well as selling, just some different ideas and creativity. And then also being a consultant to your business. So I can't thank you enough for all the all the wisdom that you passed to us in such a short amount of time. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks for the opportunity to be on your show. Okay, man. Hey, take care. Thanks again. Thank you. That's all for this episode of Think Business with Tyler. But we have plenty more resources to help you in your pursuit of business excellence on our website at thinktyler.com. If you'd like to be featured in a future episode of the show, feel free to reach out to us on social media at think underscore Tyler. We look forward to helping you think life, think success, and think business.
Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electricast. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the, the Candle, Candle Power, Power Hour. Hour. Electric Acid.